what they told people could get them killed. And so, uh, so number one, the first thing, like as I said, they were saved. And uh, <clears throat> that was kind of my, over the last couple of weeks, I've been convicted on a few things. And that was, that was one of the first things I was convicted on is uh, I've been letting, I don't know, negative things around me affect my attitude, affect the way that I feel about everything, just kind of my overall outlook. And instead, I should have been being grateful for and celebrating the good things, especially the good things coming from this church, and most importantly, celebrating the souls that have been saved through all the ministries in this church. Throughout just this year, I can, I don't know how many people were saved. I know at least 15 young people that I know of were saved, and I know there's countless more. Um, but what really started that conviction for me was actually in a song, and some of you probably know this, it, it's on one of the West Coast Baptist CDs, it's called The Value of One. And the chorus of that song, I'm going to read the words to you, and this is uh, kind of painting the picture of God in heaven when people are saved. And it says, go sound the horn, strike up the choir, a sinner is saved, saved from the fire. No more in darkness, he's received my son, all heaven's rejoicing, that's the value of one. And then if you would, let's turn over to Luke 15. And starting in verse 8. Luke 15 and verse 8. And this is uh, Jesus speaking here. It says, Either what woman, having ten pieces of silver, if she lose one piece, doth not light a candle and sweep the house, and seek diligently till she find it? And when she hath found it, she calleth her friends and her neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I had lost. Likewise, I say unto you, there is a joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. And so that's something that I need to work on and that I've determined to work on is that when we see miracles happen, which salvation is a miracle, when we see that happen, I just pray that we could, we could rejoice the way they rejoice in heaven. And I was thinking about this tonight. And I'm not sure why we don't celebrate as much on earth as we do in heaven. Maybe it's because we don't know the, maybe the true horrors of hell. Or as Jeremy was saying on Sunday night, I just don't think that we can even comprehend the love that God and that Jesus have for us. And so I challenge you the next time you hear of someone being saved or the next time that we see someone saved here, let's celebrate it. And let's celebrate it in a God-honoring way. And so the first thing, as I said, these men were saved. And second, once they were saved, they grounded themselves on Christ and on God's word. These men here, they read, they studied, they memorized. They matured as Christians in an astounding, astounding rate. And uh, let's turn to Deuteronomy 11 and verse 18 real quick. I have a lot of these marked in my Bible, so I'll probably just read them off when I get there. And these men, as I said, they, as soon as they were saved, they were in the Word. It, sometimes it wasn't the full Word. It wasn't even the full, the full Bible translated, but they were in it. And In Deuteronomy 11, verse 8, 18, it says, Therefore shall you lay up 
these words, <clears throat> these words in your heart and in your soul, and bind them and sign in, upon your hand, that they may be as frontlets between your eyes. And then Psalm 119, verse 11 says, Thine word have I hid in my heart, that I might not sin against thee. And then over in Colossians, in, ver in uh, chapter 3, in verse 16, it says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And that's exactly what these guys did. As soon as they were saved, they realized the truth, and they just started feeding on it. And they started filling their hearts, and they memorized, and they studied, and, and they looked in deeper. And uh, they faced crazy opposition, more than most of us can even imagine. But they armed themselves with the Word of God. In Hebrews uh, 4, verse 12, the Bible says, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to di dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And so that's all these guys really had as a weapon. And they just filled their hearts with the word, and they used it as their weapon, and, and uh, used it to, to, serve, to serve God. And then next... Along with that, they didn't just believe the gospel. They didn't just believe the New Testament. They believed that the entire Bible was important and that it was the inspired word of God. And John Huss, who's one, uh, one of the martyrs in this book, his quote is, Therefore, faithful Christian, seek the truth, truth, listen to the truth, learn the truth, love the truth, defend the truth, even unto death. And he was scalped and burned to death for his convictions here. Um, I can't think of the guy's name right now, but there's a guy in here who was, who was saved from a man who, who did believe the gospel and did believe that the Roman Catholic Church was off on the gospel. Well, when that man got saved, he was, just as I said, dove into the Word and realized that most of the stuff the Catholics were teaching was wrong. And... So he started preaching against it. He started preaching that baptism was after salvation. And the man that led him to Christ was at his death when he was drowned and said if baptism is that important to him, he's getting what, he's, what he deserves. And those are not the exact words from the, from the book, but uh, there, there's, a, there's a danger in just towing the line. There's a danger in just believing only so much this is the inspired word of god and these men knew that and and when they got on fire they believed the whole thing and second timothy 3:16 tells us all scripture is given by inspiration of god and is prof profitable for doctrine for reproof for correction for instruction in righteousness romans 15:4 says for whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning that we through patience and comfort of the spirits might have hope and so these men, again, believed, they preached, they studied the entire Bible, and uh, many of them died for, for it. And, and number three, um, they served God fearlessly and faithfully. Whatever their calling was, some was discipling, some of them was preaching, evangelizing, um, Many of the first ones was translating the Bible, getting the Word of God out in English. Whatever their calling was, 
whatever their conviction was, they did it without fear. They all knew the they all knew the consequences that were out there on what what could happen for what they were doing, and and again, most of them lost their lives for it, but they had no fear. And Psalm fifty six eleven says, "In God have I put my trust; I will not be afraid. What can man do unto me?" In Psalm one eighteen six it says, "The Lord is on my side; I will not fear. What can man do unto me?" In Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. These men truly sold out to, their, to God's calling and, and believed God's word. We're going to be out of here early tonight. Uh, <laughs> my last point here is God used them to light the fire. God never asks us to do the miracle. He just asks us to be faithful in, what, in, in our calling. Through their faithfulness, God's word spread like wildfire. Um, they they were called to plant the seed. They were called to present the Bible. They were called to get God's word out there, and then God's word does the rest. In Philippians two and verse fifteen, let's turn there real quick. That ye may be blameless and harmless the sons of God without rebuke in the midst of crooked and perverse nation among whom ye shine as lights in the world. And that's truly what these guys did. And, and you think of a crooked and perverse nation and they were in a nasty place back then, but we're in a nasty place right now. And it's, it's not getting any better. And so one thing that I know that I need to be work on is that I need to shine, shine as lights in the world. And in Mark... Uh, in Mark thirteen thirty one, it says, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. God's word truly is eternal. And if we get it out there, all we have to do is plant the seed and, and let God, let the Holy Spirit, let God's word do the work. Isaiah 40, verse 7 says, The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but the word of, the word of our God shall stand forever. One thing, uh, and it's, it's just as... Back in Acts, when the church was started, the harder the persecution got, the faster it seemed like it spread. And the same thing happened here. Many of these guys, as soon as they were martyred, God used their death, their, their uh, preaching, their, their, uh, the little things they did. Most of these guys didn't live to be past 30. And yet, the small time they had, God used it to just spread it like wildfire. And it was incredible. Another conviction that I had and a challenge I have for you is to stop being lazy in your studies and your convictions. I wouldn't say in our group tonight that anyone in this church is lazy. I know that everyone in here is hard workers, but this has really been convicting me is that I may not be lazy when it comes to work, but in my studies and in my prayer time recently, I've been pretty lazy. And I can blame it on a lot of things. I can blame it on not having enough time in the day. Um, I just need to get up earlier then because these men here took advantage of every second they had. William Tyndale is one of the men in this book, and he translated the New Testament from Greek to English while running for his life, as he was being persecuted, 
and during that time also was learning Hebrew so that he could translate the Old Testament as soon as he finished the New Testament. And just reading the, the conviction and the strength that these guys had, and I can't imagine just running for your life alone would be exhausting, but what that man did is, is incredible. And so something I need to work on, and, and I challenge you that you work on too. Um, and lastly, I need to be bold. And that's a conviction on, on myself too. It's pretty easy to talk to someone about God when they're ask you about it or when you're in a safe, safe space, but we need to be bolder when we present the gospel. And, and we, have a, we have a good group of people. I mean, I, again, I was encouraged Sunday night just from what we can get out of our devotions every day and the growth that is happening in this church. We really can change this county. We really can see a, a, an incredible thing happen here. But we need to be bold when we're doing it, and we need to speak the truth. And I want to end with this quote from, this is the introduction. This is from Paul Chapel. It says, sometimes Christians today won't, don't want to stand out because of fear. Who wants to be ridiculed, scorned, called a bigot, or ostracized? The reality is, however, that men and women who have changed the world have been men and women that the world could not change. A different world cannot be built by indifferent people. Those words there just stirred me up that we need to be bold, we need to stand strong, and as this world gets nastier, we need to be more into the word and, and be more of the people that God wants us to be. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for, uh, I do thank you for your word. I thank you for our uh, availability we have to have the word, and that may not always be the case, and I pray that we don't take that for advantage, that we memorize and study and, and do the things that you want us to do. Thank you for everybody that was here tonight. I pray that um, they'll be able to get something out of the message and just pray that you uh, keep everyone safe, be with Pastor and Teresa and their family and help them to have a good time. In Jesus' name, amen.